two Sundays ago about the importance of maximizing your potentials. And last Sunday, I came up here, but I could not speak along that line because the Holy Spirit led me a different direction. Are you not glad that we can follow the Holy Ghost? That's so very important that we are not stuck to what we want to do. Rather, we follow the mind of God. And every service is different. Tell your neighbor, every service is different. And I like the fact that when we come up here, the Holy Spirit can lead us the direction that He has for the church for that day. And even if we're doing a series, we can still stay open to the leading of the Spirit. Praise God. So I'm going to pick up from where we left off two Sundays ago, speaking to you on maximizing potential. Go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 25, and we're going to read from verse 14. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 25, and we're going to read from verse 14. Say amen if you have found it. I read from verse 14. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Take note of the fact that the master called his servants, and the master delivered his goods to his servants. I told you that the servants were not the owners. The master was. So if the servants were not the owners, it means the servants were stewards. Is that right? The st the, a steward is not the owner. A steward takes care of the master's goods. And it's important that we understand that we are all stewards of God's many blessings. There's nothing you have that's yours. It's been given to you temporarily. God wants you to take care of that and use it to his glory and the benefit of humanity. Because when it is all said and done, you will give account for how you use that which God gave you. And I thought someone would say amen. amen. If you haven't realized it yet, I need you to know this. What I just said is so powerful. That everyone has been given something by God. We don't own the things that he gave us. Don't ever have ownership mentality. You must maintain a stewardship mentality. If you have ownership mentality, you will use it the way you want to. But if you have stewardship mentality, you will first consult with God to find out how he wants you to use it. Because you don't own it. He owns it. Tell your neighbor you own nothing. God owns everything. The Bible tells us that naked we came into this world. Naked we shall leave. You did not come with a dime when you came to this world. Naked you came and naked you shall leave. Everything that we have and we use here on the earth was given to us by God. And until we understand the stewardship concept, we will think that it belongs to us and use it selfishly. God does not want you to be selfish. God wants you to be selfless. 
I said, God wants you to be selfless. And God wants you to use the gifts and the abilities that he has given to you. But understanding that you don't own them. God owns them. And because God owns them, you will give account to God on how you used what he gave you. Now, a lot of people have not even realized that God has given them gifts. Now, that's not God's problem. When we speak along these lines, I emphasize the need for each person to find out what God has given them. Because until you find out what God has given you, you won't take advantage of what God has given you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's important you find out what God has given to you and you be a good steward of the many blessings of God. The Bible says it is required of a steward that he be found faithful. That was a faithful. A steward must be faithful. A steward understands that I don't own anything. These things are owned by my master. And I must always ask my master what he wants me to do with these things that he's committed into my hands in the meantime. And I thought someone would say amen. amen. Look at verse 15. And to one he gave five talents. Everyone say five talents. Five talents. To another he gave two talents. Everyone say two talents. And to another, he gave one talent. So he gave one five. He gave the next guy two. And he gave the third guy one talent. Now, I want you to understand that the master gave talents to each of them. Each of them had something. The guy who had five. The guy who had two. The guy who had one. The bottom line is each of them had something. Everyone say each had something. And that is very important that we emphasize that each person here today has been gifted by God. And when you understand that God has given you a gift, there is absolutely no need for you to compare yourself with someone else. God has a unique gift for you. And you've got to find out that gift and give yourself to that gift and consecrate your life to that gift. And use that gift to the glory of God and the benefit of humanity. Praise God. But those that haven't discovered that God has given them a gift. Slip into inferiority complex. Because they begin to look at themselves and they think to themselves that I don't have anything. An identity crisis steps in. Because you think to yourself that you are not good enough. Because you have nothing. You compare yourself to a brother. You compare yourself to a sister. And you see how gifted they are. And you look at yourself and you think to yourself, you are nothing but a worm. That is complex. When you don't know that God has gifted you, you compare yourself to the other guy. But don't ever compare yourself to anybody because God has given you something special. Everyone is gifted. That amen is very weak. Amen. Everyone is gifted. Amen. We serve a God that's gifted each person. As a child of God, you have a gift that came from God. Can someone say amen? amen? So one had five. The other guy had two. The third guy had one. Now don't bother yourself about the size. Because eventually in this message, we shall deal with that. That one says size. One had five. The next guy had two. The third guy had one. 
Now the guy who had one might think to himself, well, I have just one. Why don't I have five? I'll show you how to go, go from one to five. Maybe today or maybe the next week. But I'm going to show you how to go from one to five. Can someone say amen? amen? So there is no room to compare. There is no room for comparison. There is no room for competition. There is room to complete. Not to compete. And I thought someone would say amen. amen. Verse 16 tells us that then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them. And made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two talents, gained two more talents. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid the Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and said to the counts with them. You see that the Lord came and settled accounts, right? So the Lord will come and settle accounts with you. Listen, guys, the Lord's going to settle accounts with you. Do not live a useless life. Live a useful life. No, I wasn't insulting you. But some people live useless lives. A life that's not useful. The fact that you're doing something does not mean you're doing something useful. The best place to be is in the will of God. Whatever you're doing that's not of God is useless. You might think you're useful to yourself, to your family, but before God you're not. Everything we do, the Bible says, whatever we do, we must do it as unto the Lord. How do you become useful in the kingdom of God? By finding out what God wants you to do and doing only that. When you do what God wants you to do, then you are useful to God. When you do what God has called you to do, then you are a success. Success is not pleasing everybody around you. Success is not looking good on the outside. Success is finding out God's purpose for your life and sticking to that plan and running with the vision of heaven. That is success. Are you listening to me? Because a lot of people have lost the real definition of success. They have lost the concept of success. They now compare themselves with other people and they now look at their lives in light of what the world has got to offer. May the world not define success for you. Amen. Let God's word define success. Amen. And God's definition of success is when a man, it's when a woman is fulfilling the plan of God. Amen. That is success. Praise God. You can please everybody around you, but if you do not please God with your life and what God has called you to do, then you are not successful. So the Bible tells us, that when the Lord of the servants came back, he called them to himself and he said, Now, I want to settle accounts with you. I gave you five talents. What have you done with the five talents I gave you? The man said, Lord, you gave me five, but I've doubled it. So he goes to the next guy. He said, I gave you two talents. What have you done with them? The guy said, Lord, you gave me two talents. I've doubled them. 
The guy who had five doubled the talents. The guy who had two doubled his talents. And the master said to both of them, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of your Lord. Everyone say, well done. done. That's what the Lord's going to say to us. For those of us that will run our race well and accomplish the plan of God, when we go over to the other side, he shall say to us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We are servants. I say we are servants. We are not bosses. We are not masters. We are servants. Servants of the Most High God. Is there a servant in the house today? Do I have some servants here this morning? We are all servants of the Most High God. We are not bosses. Without God, we're nothing. Amen. Amen. Some people think too much of themselves. Without God, we're nothing. It is God that makes us who He wants us to be. And if God don't make us, we can't make anything happen. Can someone say amen? Amen. So my, my prayer for you today is that you let God make you who He wants you to be. But also that you are able to yield yourself to God's plan. Because when you yield yourself to God, then God can mold you into the man, into the woman that he wants you to be. And when your life brings God glory, people around you may not be happy with it. But the most important thing is that God is satisfied with you. I am not looking to impress anybody. I'm looking to impress the one that's called me. I'm looking to impress my Lord. I'm looking to impress my master. And when my life brings him glory, I really don't care what people think. This is the way we must live because many are so concerned about what people say and what people think. Who cares about what people say? Who cares about what people think when my life brings God glory? And let me also tell you that to go with the crowd does not mean you're successful. Many times is the Army of Gideon, 300. Sometimes it's just 120. Sometimes it's just 12. Sometimes it is just 3. Sometimes it is 1. Only one person. But if you would not go by popular opinion, but go by only that which God wants you to do, then your life will bring Him glory. And God will reward you when it is all said and done. And I thought someone would give Him praise and glory in the house this morning. Amen. So the guy who had five doubled, the guy who had two doubled, but the guy who had one said to his master, well, I, I know you're a very mean man. You like to reap where you did not sow. So I, I thought to myself, I'll take your talent and hide it in the ground. And the Lord looked at him and said, thou lazy and wicked servant. Lazy and wicked. Laziness is a problem. Laziness will make people sleep in church. Laziness is is the reason why people don't do a lot of things. Laziness is the reason why people don't pay the price. Hello. Thou lazy and wicked servant. Cast him into outer darkness where there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. So I've said all of these two weeks ago. But I told you also that there are observations that I have as I look at these 
text. Number one observation, observation is this, that everyone was given something. Everyone say everyone was given something. One had five, the other guy had two, then the third guy had one. But everyone had something. Praise God. And then uh, I talked about the nine gifts of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We looked at the power gifts. The gifts that do something. I want to say the gifts that do something. We looked at the revelation gifts. The gifts that reveal something. I want to say the gifts that reveal something. And then we looked at the utterance gifts. The gifts that say something. That one said the gifts that say something. We're not going to look at those today. If you missed it, you can go back and, 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 and look at, listen to it on our website, riveristanbud.com. We have that message ready. And the title of that message is Everyone Has a Gift. Praise God. So we looked at the spiritual. But today, I want us to look at the natural talent that everyone has been endowed with. And it's important to understand that we have all been given natural talents. That was a natural. natural. Now, for you to have success in life, you also must understand the natural talent that God's given you. Are you listening to me? Now, let's look at sports as an example. Gone are the days when parents didn't want their kids to play sports because they said it was for the unintelligent and the uneducated. But today, everyone wants their kids playing sports. Is that true? When you played sports 30 years ago, they said, oh, no, don't play sports. Go study engineering. Right? Go, go, go study uh, business administration. Go study political science. Is that true? But today, everyone wants their kids playing sports. If you know what I mean. The newly elected president of Liberia. Liberia is a country in Africa. His name is now, his name is now President George Opongweer. He was a football superstar. And he is still revered today as Africa's greatest footballer ever. Are you listening to me? Just became the president of Liberia. But he was a great footballer back in the day. Amen. Amen. But he was able to build a profile for himself. But even when he was through with football, he continued to apply himself. And this is where a lot of sports people fail. When they finish playing sports, they never apply themselves. And that's the reason why they say that about 60 or 70% of sports people lose all their wealth within five years after they retire. Did you hear me? It's not enough to kick the ball on the field and run after it. While you're kicking the ball and running after it, you've got to believe God to give you ideas of what to do when that is over. Because to be honest with you, in sports, you have a window. I once I have a window. Every sports person has a window, a window of about 15 years. Is that right? A window of about 20 years, depending on the sports that you play. But many retire in 15 years. After 15 years of active 
spots. And when you retire, what next? What do you do? What do you do with your life? That is the reason why I encourage people to educate themselves. That's why I encourage people to apply themselves. Believe God to give you ideas to do things even while you're playing sports. And I thought someone would say amen. amen. We know a lot of people who left their countries to come play sports here in Turkey. But for many, it did not happen. And when it did not happen, they got stranded. Because all they knew to do was to play sports. Hello. That's all they knew to do. They have refused to apply themselves. You've got to apply yourself. You've got to apply yourself in such a way where when your time in spots is over, you can do something meaningful with your life. And I thought someone would say amen. amen. But spots is good. And people are giving gifts in that area. Some are giving gifts in football. Some in what America calls soccer. And, and, and just different aspects of spots. Is that right? So that's, that's natural. The ability to play sports is natural. There is nothing spiritual about it. Amen. There is nothing spiritual about it. But, but what you can do when you are a godly person who is playing sports. Is that while you are playing sports you can be praying in tongues. Are you listening to me? My daughter was telling the story. They went to play a game outside the city. And she said uh, they got to a place in the game where she began to pray in tongues. That's, that's adding the supernatural on the natural. Praise the Lord. And then she called the girls together. She said, well, let's pray. Are you listening to me? She's just 13 years of age. So they went to play basketball. And she said, we got to a place that I had to pray in tongues. Praise God. You get to the place where you need supernatural empowering. Amen. Amen. Where that anointing that came upon Elijah comes upon you. To where you outrun the chariot of Ahab. Can someone say amen? amen. That anointing will come upon your spots and give you speed. And give you uh, ability. Can someone say amen? amen? But spots is natural. You're just uh, using your natural legs to kick a natural ball. You're using your natural hands to throw a natural basketball. Is that right? It's all natural. But it is something that God has given to you. Are you listening to me? So some are gifted with the ability to paint. Think about painters. I'm not talking about those who paint the house. <laughs> Think about painters. All they need is a canvas. A brush and some paint. And the moment they get a canvas, a brush, and some paint, the idea begins to come out. Are you listening to me? But if they give you that's not gifted in that area, a canvas, a brush, and some paint, you don't even know what to do with it. You'll be rubbing it on yourself. But there is an inspiration that comes to someone who is gifted in that area. There's an inspiration that comes. I'm not talking about spiritual, just natural. Because that's your gift. And so many have done big things in this world with natural gifts. 
People get born again and they totally neglect the natural abilities that God has given to them. And they think it's just about praying and doing night prayers. When you have done your night prayers, you still have to go out there and walk with that which God gave you. Can someone say amen? amen? It's all natural. It's all natural. There are some soccer players to the football players who, because of their relationship with Jesus, they have become a testimony to the world of sports. When they will score a goal, they'll lift up their jersey and you will see boldly written in what they're wearing on the inside, Jesus is Lord. They don't necessarily have to preach in a stadium of 40,000 people. But when they lift up their jersey and they say Jesus is good. And because they are on top of their game, everyone sees that. And that is a testimony to the world. Can someone say amen? amen. Some of them are preaching to a crowd of 40,000, 50,000, 60,000. Their life is a testimony. And each time you talk about them in the natural spot, you talk about their relationship with Jesus. Can someone say amen? amen? Some are gifted with the ability to sing. Listen, singing is a natural ability. Did you know that? Those that can sing are naturally gifted to sing. Listen, someone has said, but is that from God? Yes, my Bible says in James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift. Is from above and cometh down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation, neither shadow of turning. So singing as a gift came from God. But it's natural. Everyone says natural. natural. It's something you were born with. It's God designed you that way. David said, I was fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you and gave you the ability to sing. That's why you look at those who sing the way they do. That is just something they got. It's just something that they were born with. You see them at the age of five. They, they, they open their mouth to sing and their voice is amazing. Is that right? But then you have some adults who have been training and training to sing. And you don't want to even sing. Because when you start singing... Some should not sing in church, except in the congregation. When I was growing up in the church, I, I, would, I would see women come up, women particularly, women particularly. No, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about when I was growing up in the church. Some women would come up and told, they would tell the pastor, Pastor, I have a special number. And we had, we had, we had an experience here too with special numbers. But anyway, back then, they would say, Pastor, I have a special number. And so the pastor would give the woman a microphone. And the woman takes the microphone. And when she comes up, she has a song chart in front of her. You know, she starts out by saying, uh, do not listen to my voice. Just listen to the lyrics of the song. And uh, she starts singing. And we really listen to the lyrics. <laughs> Because <laughs> her voice was nothing to write home about. Some should not sing in the front. For some people, the best place to sing is in the shower. And sing there. And praise God with that voice you've got. That was also given to you by God. And use it. Glorify God with it. Amen. 
but not to lead worship, not to sing special number. There was this guy in the early days of this church, the guy would always ask Pastor Corey, I have a special number. And Pastor Corey would give him the microphone and he would come up and begin to sing a special number. That number was very special. <laughs> he always sang one special number. Every time he got the microphone, he sang only one song. And the song was, By the Rivers of Babylon. Every time he got the microphone, he said, by the rivers of... Not as good as I'm singing now. Just terrible. Just some people are terrible. They just cannot sing. They're not gifted in that area. But those that are not gifted with the ability to sing are gifted with something else. Find a gift and use it to the glory of God and to be a blessing to humanity. Can someone say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Do you know that with your natural gift, you can actually do a lot of things on earth? Do you know that with your natural gift, natural gift, that you can go very far? Do you know that with your natural gift, without prophesying, without seeing visions and revelations, do you know that you can do a lot of things, that you can actually rise to the place where everybody knows about you? Do you know that? So the church should not put away that natural gift that God has given to us. And people are praying, Lord, give me a miracle. I am not against miracles. I am for miracles. Are you listening to me? But guess the way God gives you miracles sometimes. He enhances the natural gift. He opens the door for you to use your natural gift. Those that have the natural gift of painting, he opens the door for you to paint. And he exposes you to the world. And guess what? People begin to come and buy your painting. And he gives you a name. Can someone say Amen. There are so many ways that God can bless your natural gift and cause your natural gift to be a blessing to the world. Not everyone will stand behind the pulpit. Are you listening to me? Not everyone would necessarily travel the world. Not everyone would necessarily pray for the cripples to get off the wheelchair. Not everyone would pray for blind eyes to open. As much as God wants everyone in the body of Christ to do that, are you listening to me? Not everyone will, will pack out stadiums and preach great messages. Are you listening to me? But God is going to use you in different aspects. Some of you have the gift and ability to just do business. There is the flair you have in business. When you begin to negotiate a deal, it comes easy. But others try to negotiate a deal, they don't even know what a deal is. But for you, because, see, listen... Everyone needs to know what God has gifted them with. Those that are gifted to sing, sing. Don't try to do business. Those that are gifted to do business, then do business and do it well to the glory of God. Don't try to sing. There's too much competition. Are you listening to me? Those that are gifted to paint and paint and paint very well. Those that are gifted to build houses. Well, you, got, you need to also go to school to do that. I'm going to get to that. But whatever God has gifted you to do, then do it. We have some people that are very handy. Very handy. Have you heard of the word handyman? They can do it. I mean, they can just build anything. You call them to fix, they'll fix it. They'll fix it well. They know how to drill. Some people don't know how to drill. They'll be drilling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some people are just handy. Brother Namdi is a very handy man. Brother Namdi, very, very handy. Harut, 
Mr. Harut, very handyman. These are, these are people, you tell them, do this, do, they, they can build. Yeah. They know what to do. They look at it, they know what the problem is, and they know what the solution is. Some people look at it, they don't even know if that's a problem. <laughs> it's all natural gift. It's all natural gift. So I'm not going to try to be you. You two don't try to be me. Mind your business. Tell your neighbor, mind your business. Now I'm talking natural. I'm just talking natural. Because see, some people don't want to develop the natural gift that God has given to them. That's why they are still hustling. Someone said you used the word hustling in church. Yeah, I did. In a good way. That's a good connotation to hustling, right? Yeah. They're still striving, trying to push here and push there and pull teeth to succeed. God has given you something to succeed with. If you can look around, if you, you, don't, you have to look, don't look far. It's very close. Those things you do easily. I said those things you do easily. When you sit there, you, you take, oh, wow, it just worked. Yes, it just worked easily. Why? Because that's your gift. He would say, God, show me your plan for my life. Well, <laughs> what plan are you talking about? What? Like, okay, Lord, I want to go to bed tonight. Show me a dream. No, you have something that God gave you. When your mother gave birth to you, you came out with that. You have just not been seeing it, and you've, not just been, you've just not been using it. You put it aside, you put it in the cooler, and you're waiting for a vision to come to you. Guess what? You're not going to get a vision. God has given you something, use it. I said, God has given you something, use it. Some people can cook. Some people can really cook. Like my wife. (laughs) Some of you are jealous I said my wife. You should, be, you should clap for her because I said my wife can cook. Come on. Amen. No, some people can cook. I mean, sometimes I watch these kids on TV cooking up the most delicious meals. Kids of six. I kid you not. Have you, haven't you seen those programs? Kids of seven. Eight, nine, ten, cooking up in competitions some of the most delicious meals you've ever tasted. How did you learn? Well, I saw my grandma. Well, you saw your grandma at six? That's not something your grandma taught you. That's something that runs in your blood. That's something that you got as a natural gift when you were born. Some can't even slice an onion. No, this is true. Some people say, hey, hey, you know, Pastor, the reason the food didn't come out well is because I did not have enough ingredients. Uh, give me a break. Those who know how to cook will cook with less ingredients and it will come out beautifully. Amen. Don't shut me down now. I'm preaching good. <laughs> if you just can't cook, you can cook. You can go to the supermarket, you can go to the market, you can buy all kinds of things, ingredients, and every kind of thing you need. At the end of the day, it's still not going to come out good. 
Some cannot cook. So they have to eat out. <laughs> that's, a, that's a problem though. Because some men can't handle that. Let me also say some men can cook too. Some men cook well. That's one over there again. You need to brand them the cooks for you. Yeah. <laughs> hey! Some cook. Pastor Hamdi? Pastor Hamdi? You don't want to hear his story. If I give him the microphone and he tells his story, his, this history he has in food, you'll be amazed. Some people can cook. Some people can, some men can cook. Some men that can cook can eat. <laughs> and don't blame them. Don't blame them. Just, just that's, not, that's not their area. Teach them all you want. It's not going to happen. It won't happen. You can teach. Hey, some wives will try to show, honey, come, let me show you. It's, honey, it's not going to work. Okay? It's not going to work. I can try to mix up, do something for myself when you're not at home, but like when you travel. Don't travel for too long, though. <laughs> it's just not going to work for some of us. Cooking. I just added myself if you didn't know that. <laughs> and that's why I'm happy I'm blessed with a wife who cooks good. Amen. God understands. Like she said, you know, God knows how to pair people. God knew that I needed a wife that can cook. Praise God. Amen. I said amen. amen. So here's what we do. We compliment each other. Amen. There's no room to fight. We're not going to fight over this. Amen. amen. So what she's not capable of doing because she's not gifted in that area, I carry that. And what I'm not capable of doing because I'm not gifted in that area, she carries that. Are you listening to me? And so we compliment. We don't compete. We don't fight. Today you are the one to cook, whether you like it or not. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it can't happen. I can whip up something, but you wouldn't like it. That was a natural, natural gift. Say it again, natural gift. Some people are gifted, even with, some people are just, you look at them, you begin to laugh. Why? They're just comedians. Are you getting what I'm saying? Did, did you know that even with comedy, that's just a natural gift? That's natural. And, and a Christian can actually be a comedian. There's nothing wrong with that. But just don't use vulgar, vul, 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 <laughs> vulgar statements. Vulgar words. You make sure your comedy is clean. People pay stand-up comedians to just go listen to them and laugh. People want to laugh. Are you listening to me? People just want to laugh. They pay 50 bucks to go watch and listen to a stand-up comedian who just stands there and just talks. Everybody's laughing and tears running down your head. <laughs> yeah, the guy is using his natural gift. To make money. 
and he's succeeding at it. Tell your neighbor, everyone has something. Is this helping anybody? And then the thought in this, uh, in this section here is what I call acquired skills. I want to say acquired skills. Now notice I'm saying that there are observations that I see in the text. Number one observation is everyone was given something. So I talked about spiritual gifts two weeks ago. And today I'm talking about natural talent. And so I talked about sports. I talked about arts. I talked about music. I talked about singing. These are all natural. But you can let the supernatural come on your natural. Can someone say amen? amen. And then I talk about comedy. I talk about cooking. So what's your natural gift? What's your natural gift? Some people have speed. They can run. I said some people can run. Some of you knew you could run when your mom... <laughs> growing up, your mom came after you. You took off running. <laughs> And in, in, in boom, you are gone. You're like a rocket. That's unnatural. Praise God. Just imagine the world of sports. How many, how, how so many people have made so much success and progress in that arena. Amen. I said, amen. amen. So the thought in this category is acquired skills. Now, these are skills you learn through education. I want to say education. education. Now, education is a process of imparting or acquiring knowledge. Education is the process of imparting or acquiring knowledge. I want to say education. education. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about the educational systems where you go to school and get a degree. You get, a, you get a first, your first degree, you get your master's degree, you get your PhD. That's not what I'm talking about. Even though, to an extent, that is good. But did you know the statistics? Listen now. Did you know that statistics shows that only 3% of those who come out of university would do anything with what they studied? Did you know that? People are so keen on, I must go to university. I must go to university. I just said only 3%. And I'm not saying you shouldn't go to university. But some people go to university to study some of the Irrelevant subjects. Things that never work. <laughs> no, listen now. You've got to understand where you are living and how what you're studying in school can apply. There are some things that don't apply in some societies. Someone says, I'm studying psychology. For what? <laughs> there are... There are places that people don't care about you. 
<laughs> what are you studying? No, some just go to university so that people will say uh, they went to university. No, education is not just going to university. Are you listening to me? And university is good. I'm not taking away from that. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying if you go to university, study the right thing. And by the way, let God lead you before you even go to university. Praise God. Find out God's plan before you even go to university. Praise the Lord. 3%. 3% of those who come out of university would use what they got in university in the real world. Praise God. They even say you go to university to learn how to learn. This form of education, listen, this form of education that that we have today is designed to, to dumb most people down. I don't know if you know it. It's designed to dumb most people down. You may not believe what I'm telling you, but this is the fact. You put everybody in one class and you, 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 you get them to compete with one another. And it's not working for some people. It's not working for them, for them because that's not their area. You've got to let that person find what God has gifted him with. And that's what they need to develop themselves in. Are you listening to me? You develop yourself in what you know you are gifted to do. There's absolutely absolutely no advantage of you going to study this when God has gifted you to do this. Are you getting my point? So find out what you're gifted to do and then study that. The rabbinic, the rabbinic form of education was designed in such a way where I took this man under my wings. Come. I took this man under my wings. From a young age, I begin to raise him up and give him everything that I've learned. And so it goes from generation to generation to generation. And when I have trained him with the skills that I have, he takes the skills that I've given to him and he increases the skills. Are you listening to me? I expect him to do better than I do. So I give him everything I have. It's like an impartation of my knowledge. That was the form of education, really. It was called a rabbinic form of education. Where you took somebody under your wings and you tutored them and you mentored them. And you imparted into them everything you had, you gave them. You transfer your wealth of knowledge to them. And they run with that. And with what you've given to them, they can actually use that to succeed and apply these things in life. A lot of people finish university, but they can't apply what they have studied. Because a lot of times it's just theory, but no practicals. True or false? Got a big certificate, get a big diploma hanging on the wall. That's not going to put food on your table, by the way. Amen. I said amen. Amen. 
I said, amen. amen. If you are give, gifted to be a comedian, then you're going to be a comedian and be a good one. So you go study engineering, but you're, you're supposed to be a comedian. Am I speaking to anybody here this, after, this morning? This is true. This is very true. And so here you are, you're trying to succeed as a mechanical engineer, engineer or as a civil engineer, but you can't do it. Your heart is not there. Your passion is not there. There is no drive. There is no excitement. There is no interest. Every time you step into the place, you feel sick in you because that's not your area of gifting. Your area of gifting is to make everyone laugh. It is when you do that which you are being given by God, that's when you, your life is really being fulfilled. Not when you do what others tell you to do or because you want to show people that I have something, I, have, I want to prove something. No, you don't have to prove nothing to anybody. Just do that which you have been gifted to do. Amen. Can someone say amen? amen? But there are things we acquire as we educate ourselves. Amen. In the field of medicine, you acquire the skills of a surgeon. Is that right? You acquire the skill or the ability of a dentist. Right? You acquire the, the ability of a GP, a general practitioner. In engineering, you acquire the skill or the ability of a mechanical engineer or of a civil engineer or of an electrical, electronics engineer or of an aerospace engineer. Is that correct? In aviation, you acquire the skill of a pilot. Is that true? You go to school to study. You educate. You learn how things are supposed to be done. And I thought someone would say amen. amen. Listen, a lot of people have stopped learning. You've got to keep learning. Don't ever get to the place where you stop learning. And let me also tell you this. If you want to truly succeed, learn. Learn something. Apply your life to something. Don't be a novice. Very quiet here this morning. Tell your neighbor, learn something. Tell your neighbor, educate yourself. And listen, listen, my friends, it's not too late to get an education. Did you hear what I just said? It's not too late to get an education. Get an education. Get an education. Even if you're 50, 60, get an education. Praise God. It's not too late. You may not have to go get an education in medicine now, but you can still get something. You don't probably not have to get an education in engineering or aviation, but you can still get something else. You can learn a trade. One of the ways to, one of the ways to get an education is by learning from, from those who are doing better than you. you know, some people are not willing to learn from anybody. Learn from those who are doing better than you. Learn from those who know better than you do. One of the ways I learned all these years is by observation. Everyone say observation. observation. 
Some people don't understand that observation is a major way to learn. When you hang around people that are better than knowing, that know better than you do, that have gone ahead of you, you just observe. You don't go there and talk. You go there and learn. You see the way things are done. You see the way they carry themselves. You see the way they apply themselves. You see the way they run things. You just observe and you learn and you pick a few things from what you've seen and you apply those things to your life. You've educated yourself. Do you know the internet itself is a place where you can learn? The internet is not for Facebook only. I was speaking to my, my niece a couple of months ago, and she was telling me how, hey, uncle, you can do this on Instagram. You can do, the girl is so smart. Uncle, this is what you can do on Instagram. You can do that. You can put this up, and then before you know it, everyone is following you. That's awesome. She's like, yeah, she's just like 20, 20, 23, 23, 23, 24. Smart girl. Amen. Praise God. Now, what I'm saying is, I know you can use Instagram for the right reasons. But, you know, when you, you see the excitement in people who know what can be done because they've educated themselves. And then you look at others. They have no clue about these things. And all they do on Facebook is look at other people's pictures. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Facebook is not just for you to go there and look at everyone's pictures. And it's not for you to tell us when you're drinking coffee in Starbucks. I don't want to know. I don't want to know that you are in Starbucks drinking coffee. What good does that do to anybody? Nothing. Oh, yeah. People show us all kinds of things they do. I don't want to know everything about you. Keep your secrets secret. You can go on the internet and learn. Instead of spending two hours on Facebook looking at pictures... You can actually go on the internet and learn and improve yourself and educate yourself. There are books you can read. Praise God. Is this helping anybody? So, You, you, you would never see this happen in the aviation industry where a total novice will be flying a plane. Because if you've ever got on a plane and that while you're sitting, there's a buckle, put your seatbelt on, get ready for takeoff. And you hear the announcement, right? And then they tell you, we have two two pilots that were flying this plane from this place to that place. But these pilots are not pilots. 
They have never trained in the field of aviation. They know nothing about flying. But we just want to see if they can fly this plane. So get ready to take off. But we can't guarantee you where he's going, they're going to fly us to. So you, be, you better start saying your last prayer. You laugh, but the truth is this. It will never happen. It will never happen in the aviation industry. Never. You train to be a pilot. It will never happen in the field of engineering. That a bunch of people are put together to build a bridge. And they've never built anything. And they're going to build this bridge that's crossing the Bosphorus. And it will be built in two months. By these guys who have never built a bridge. They've never gone to the school of engineering. They have no idea. But we just want to try it. So let them build. And who will be the first to drive over the bridge? This guy has never gone to the school of medicine. But we want to try him as a surgeon. He's going to cut someone's head open. And carry out a surgery on the brain. Who wants to? Anybody? Can we use you? Can we use you? Would you volunteer that this novice would test his hand on you and see how precise he is with the blade? Should we try you? Who wants to try? Nobody. Why? Because we are sensible enough to know that until you acquire skill in these areas, you should never practice. Is that right? Everyone say acquired skills. Last week I emphasized the need to come to Bible school. For those of you who believe that the Lord is, I know Bible school is for everyone to come to know the Lord. But there are those that believe that God is calling them into the ministry. Don't, don't ever, don't ever think to yourself that you go to the ministry without proper training. Because God does not want you putting anybody in bondage. Paul wrote to Timothy, he said to Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. There's so much confusion today. We must never confuse the people. People shouldn't come to church and leave more confused than when they came. If they came to church confused, they should leave the church with an understanding of what God has for them. And I thought someone would say amen. amen. So to occupy any place of leadership in any church, you need training. That was a training. training. Say it again. Training. But some people have a scheme that they have employed to keep people in church. 
And that scheme that has been employed by some people to keep people in church, it's what I call doling out positions to unqualified people. Because a lot of people find their identity in a position, in a tag. Head usher. Now they feel important. Here we are very careful. A friend of mine was about to start a church and he said, Hey, Pastor God, what do you advise? I said, don't be in a hurry to give anyone any position. Later, he calls me, Pastor Godwell, I have a problem. Can you help me? Because one of the guys he gave a position to is now with thorn in his flesh. He said, I know you told me. If people are not ready, they are not ready. Can someone say amen? amen. And to, to serve to serve the Lord and to be a minister of the gospel and to serve in the house of God, it takes time. Yeah. It takes time. You've, you, you, until you've got to go, you will go through a lot of training, a lot of testings, a lot of trials, a lot of circumstances, a lot of situations to prove that you're faithful. Praise the Lord. Amen. The fact that the brother can teach in Sunday school does not mean he's a pastor. The fact that they can win souls does not mean that the person is an evangelist. Are you listening to me? Is this helping anybody? Tell your neighbor, I've got something. Praise God. So find out which God is giving to you. And I want you to begin to allow you, God to develop that in you. And what you need to do, listen to me, there is the man factor and there is the God factor. Everyone said the God factor? God factor. The man factor. The man factor. These two must come together for you to succeed. In other words, there are things that God does and there are things that I do. You didn't hear me? I said there are things that God does and there are things that I do. Until you do what you're supposed to do, you are not ready. It's not enough to just say, this is the year of open doors. This is the year of miracles. This is the year of breakthroughs. Yes, when that door opens, what are you going to do with it? That's why we must get ourselves ready. That's why I'm preaching this. That's why I teach and preach the way I do. Because it's important that we get ourselves ready for what's about to happen. Because what's about to happen is big. What's about to happen is great. And if we're not ready for it, then when it opens up, we would not be able to take advantage of it. God wants you to get yourself ready for what is about to come upon us. Can someone say amen? It's time to rise up. It's time to rise up in all areas of life. It's time to rise up in where God wants you to rise up in. So that you can be ready when the door opens up before you. You take advantage and full advantage of all that God wants to do with your life. And I thought someone would say amen. amen. Get ready. The season of preparation is not a wasted season. A lot of people don't want to prepare. They just want it given to them. No, no, no. The way it works in the kingdom of God is this. He that's faithful with little 
will become a ruler over much. Can I say that again? The way it works in the kingdom of God is he that's faithful with little. Everyone say little. little. Will become a ruler. Who wants to rule much? Then be faithful with what God's given you. Look at the guy who had one talent. The guy said, well, you gave me one talent and I took it and I dug into the ground and I put it there. And here is the talent you gave me. Take it back. He had a very stinking attitude. Jesus took that one talent from him. Oh, sorry, the master took that one talent from him and gave it to the one who had five. And to him that has, more shall be given. And to him that don't even have, even the little he has, you would take him from him. Why? Because many are called. Few are chosen. Those that are chosen are those that pay the price. Those that are chosen are those that do what God requires of them. There is the human side. There is a natural side. There is a human factor. And until you meet the requirement, you're not ready for the breakthrough that we're talking about. Can someone say amen? I heard the story of a man of God who was crying to God, Lord, you've called me to the ministry. Why don't you release me? Why don't you send me to people? Why don't you give me uh, people to minister to? The Lord came to him and said, I won't release you on the people because your doctrine is out of shape. I won't send you to people when I know you put them in bondage. So go straightening out your doctrine first before I let you preach. Praise God. And if you're going to put people in bondage, your tongue might just stick to the roof of your mouth the day you open it to preach. I said might. I didn't pray. <laughs> no, be careful. Be careful. Especially with ministry, these are holy things. Don't put yourself where God hasn't put you. Don't, don't go open a church if, if that's not the plan of God. Praise God. Don't ever start what God does not want you to start. Even in business. I've seen people, hey, because that brother is doing business, I'll go do my own business. But what you don't realize is there is grace on him to do business. And there's no, gra there's no grace on you. And because there's no grace on you to do business, you start, you fail. Are you listening now? Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. Let me come to the back. Let me look at your faces because do this to your neighbor. Give them a nudge like this. Awesome. Amen. Except the Lord build a house. They labor in vain that build it. See, I don't want to labor in vain. I don't want to start something that God has not assigned for me to start. Because if I start it in my flesh and in my strength, I'm going to try to finish it in my flesh and in my strength. And guess what happens? Frustration will set in. Except the Lord build a house, the labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord watch over the city, the watchmen are awake in vain. So let the Lord build it. I said, let the Lord build it. I said, let the Lord build it. Give the Lord a big shout of praise. If you got anything from that. Amen. Is that the best you can do? Thank you, Jesus. I said, is that the best you can do? Hallelujah. 
Come on, give the Lord praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want you to tell three people, let the Lord build it. Life should be stress-free. Life should be stress-free. Now, I didn't say challenge-free. I said stress-free. Challenges come, but in the face of challenge, there is peace. <laughs> but you see, when you, when you try to do something on your own strength and ability and your own idea, you conjure things up and you try to make them happen, it's going to be very stressful. God has not called us to a life of stress. Yes, there are challenges. But he says, my grace is with you. My grace is sufficient enough for you. God called Paul the apostle and God's grace was upon him. And even though he went through some of the toughest things people have ever known, the grace was there. He said, three times I prayed and three times the Lord told me, my grace is sufficient for you. And then he said, now I, I, here's my conclusion. I shall glory in my infirmity. For power is made perfect in weakness. For when I'm weak, then am I strong. Praise God. Why? Because of the grace of God. So I'm not talking about a life without challenges. Because if you have no challenge, you will never grow. But I'm talking about a life with no stress. You know, stress is when all the joints and all the muscles and begins to hurt badly. When you're having a headache and you can't sleep at night. Hello? Jesus had challenges, didn't he? One time he was on the boat, and the Bible said the, 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 the storm broke out against them, and Jesus was in the boat sleeping. Praise the Lord. I pray over you today. I don't care what you're going through. The grace of God will be upon you to sleep. Amen. The grace of God will be upon you to rest. Amen. The Bible said there is therefore now rest to God's people. So receive that rest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let that stress go. The Bible says be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Don't have any anxieties about anything but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your request made known unto God and the peace of God shall garrison your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Does anyone want the peace of God here today? Then lift up those hands to heaven and I want you to begin to give him all the thanks and all the glory for his goodness, for his love, for his mercy, for his grace. Hallelujah. Just thank the Lord this morning. Father, we give you praise and glory. In your own words, come on, lift your voice and give him honor and praise and glory this morning. Thank him for what he has done. Thank him for his gifts. Thank him for the many blessings that he has bestowed upon you. Thank him for those spiritual gifts. Thank him for those natural abilities that he's giving to you. Some people just have just strength. They're just physically strong. Not everyone is like that. I mean, everything that you have, every good thing came from God. So lift your hands and open your voice and just give Him praise. Thank Him. Honor the Lord. Give Him all the glory. Give Him thanks for that ability to understand. Give Him thanks for that ability you have in maths. Some people are just good in maths. They're just good in maths. Some are good in biology. Some are good in physics. All of that is a gift from God. The ability that you have is not the ability that the next guy has, but everyone has an ability. So, Father God, I pray today that you shall begin to show your children 
the abilities that you have given unto them, the grace that you have bestowed upon them. And Lord, may they begin to rise up and use the gifts that you have given to them. And may these gifts begin to flourish in the mighty name of Jesus. That not one person in this place will live a life that's not useful, but everyone will rise up and live a useful life and live a useful life that their lives will mean something good in the kingdom of God and in the world. Thank you, Father God, that these are people that will change the world for your glory. Use each person here today and those watching by way of the internet. We thank you, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name.